1: Your past, do you use it as an excuse or as a reason? We'll talk about that next. So often we take a look at our past and our failures and we tend to use it as an excuse for our lives. And today, here on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, Napoleon's going to remind us that our lives really are a reason that we move forward and not the excuse that we stay backward. We're in Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. The message is called, What is in Your Hand? And that is what we're looking at today. What do you have that God has taken you through for a specific purpose of moving forward today in an event he's planned? Here's Pastor Napoleon with more on today's program. It says, then Moses answered and said,
0: and he's speaking to God. But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a rod. And the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? That's the title of my message. What is that in your hand? And he said, he said, a rod. Now, I think to appreciate this particular moment in the, in the history of Israel And this moment that really has such significance for us as believers in Jesus Christ or people that are seeking God and want to know more about God's purpose for your life, we've got to understand in, in Genesis chapter 15, God spoke to Abraham. And Abraham, who was a descendant obviously of Moses, God gave him specific instructions concerning what was to happen to his generations. God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God tells Abraham that your people, your descendants, are going to be in Egypt for 400 years. Somebody say 400 years. 400 years is a long time. And then he says, and afterwards, that basically God was going to bring great deliverance to them and he was going to bring them out and take them to a land. And so God gave Abraham insight in what was to happen to his, the generations that were coming through him. And so we know God goes through great lengths to preserve the nation of Israel or the people of God while they're in the midst of going through this process for 400 years. Being in the midst of the Egyptians. And when you pick up the book of Exodus, it's a beautiful thing because you begin to see God's mind and the way in which he begins to orchestrate things. And ultimately as the children of Israel began to cry out to God because they were being oppressed and they were being mistreated, they began to cry out to God and they began to hunger for change. They began to hunger for God to do something different in their life. They they started looking for, for a difference to be made in their lives. God sees this situation and he puts his hand upon Moses. Moses is kept in a period of time in which Pharaoh had issued a decree to kill all the firstborn in Egypt that were Jewish because they were multiplying and growing at a rapid pace. And so he says, I want to stop the progress. So I want to kill all the firstborn. So in the midst of all this, God has his hand upon Moses and ultimately takes Moses through the hand of his mother, leading him into the river, and then Pharaoh's daughter finding Moses. The next thing you know, Moses finds himself in, as a little baby, he finds himself in Pharaoh's, in Pharaoh's courts. He finds himself being raised in the midst of Pharaoh and his, his teaching and the confines and comforts of Egyptian tradition. But God has his hand upon him. The thing that I love about this story though, that is amazing to me is, is that as, as Moses begins to grow, as he begins to mature, as he's going through this process, he begins to hunger and yearn and desire to help his people because he sees them. And even though he hasn't been raised in the same circumstance and situation as them, he sees their plight, he sees their condition, and he begins to get stirred in his spirit. And so Moses goes out and he begins to, ultimately, we know the story. He goes forth and he kills an Egyptian that he sees mistreating a Jewish person. He kills him with his own hands. After he kills him with his own hands, he comes back the next day. And, the, and he begins to tell the Israelites that he could help them. And they look at him and they say, we saw you yesterday, even though you didn't think that anybody saw you. That Egyptian. He takes off and he runs off into the Midian desert. And he is there for years. Away from the confines of Egypt, away from the light that he had known. And now he's in the backside of the Midian desert and he's herding sheep. And as he's herding sheep, he comes forth and he comes around the corner, and next thing you know, he sees a burning bush. In the midst of the burning bush. God begins to speak to him and give him instruction concerning what he wants to do in the life of the children of Israel, the Jews that are in Egypt. And he begins to convince Moses that he wants to bring change, but the change ultimately is going to come, yes, by God, but I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you. And here... We pick up the story. And he says in verse 1. Then Moses answered and said. But suppose they will not believe me. Or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him. What is that in your hand? And he said a rod. Now this is the powerful thing about this. You know oftentimes when we're going through life. We don't realize that God is not Getting ready to work on you, he's already been working on you. And oftentimes the things that we think are just normal, things are just life circumstance, things are just things that we just experience, we don't realize that all those things that we've experienced in life are not things that are automatically we should just throw away. Sometimes they're things that are necessary to help to position you to be in a position to help somebody else that is seeking to get out of a situation or understand the situation that they're in. And when you look at your life, we have to stop always looking for something outside of what God has already caused us to experience. For us to be effective and powerful and useful for God. Sometimes the question that we need to ask ourselves is, what is this in my hand? What is this in my hand? What has God, it was God that got Moses to a position. On the backside of the Midian desert, when he was herding Jethro's sheep and taking care of his his family that, that, that positioned him and put him in the right place at the right time. So that he can be useful and not just herding sheep, but herding 4 to 6 million people that, were, that needed deliverance and needed to come out of Egyptian captivity. A captivity that God had already declared and had planned a captivity that that had been declared to Abraham, a captivity that that God had oversaw in his sovereignty and knew exactly what it needed to happen at the right place, at the right time, in the right years. And it was God that had his hand upon Moses that was looking for somebody just like him to put him in position so that he can be used to bring deliverance to somebody's life. And one of the things that sometimes can be frustrating for me as a pastor, it can be frustrating with just life in general, is that people are waiting for God to do something for them instead of looking at what God has already been doing. And listen to me saying, sometimes it's not something spectacular. It's not something that's grandiose. It's not something that, that that is something that is some, you know, divine thing that we're looking at and we're, we're feeling some kind. Of, it's not. Sometimes it's the simplicity of God giving you that job at the right time so you can meet that person and minister to that person. Because God, out of everybody on the planet, wanted to place you right where he wanted to place you so that you could be useful to him. And when you stop and start looking at your life and realize where you're at now. And you start to really see how God's hand was upon you even before you realized it was God's hand. Yeah. Yeah. How in the world did I get to, to, to California? And how in the world did I get to the Bay Area? And why did God choose me? I, I don't. And you start looking around and start thinking to yourself like, my God, God has been preparing me. He put something in my hand. That seemed like a simple thing, but it was a powerful thing that was necessary for the right moment and at the right time. And all of us have to stop and really start thinking about that. Like, my goodness, look what God has done. God raised me up in the midst of my family. And he's used, he's not used, he's not used all this stuff. He's used the simplicity of things that he's done. Hey, what is that in your hand? The same, the same rod that, that Moses had when he was u- and used in it to shepherd those sheep in the desert is the same rod that now God was going to use as an instrument of deliverance and power to display his power. Amen. And sometimes... We have to see that walking with God isn't as deep as we suppose. Can I have an amen, y'all? It's not as deep and profound as we suppose. He says, what's that in your hand? He says, a rod. God takes a rod and he throws, Moses takes the rod and he throws it down. And it becomes a snake. He picks it up and he says, when, when you go before Pharaoh, this is what I want you to do. When you go before the people of God, this is what I want you to do. And they're going to know that, that I'm with you. He tells him to put his hand in his bosom, and his hand comes out, and it's leprous. He tells him to put his hand back in his bosom, and his hand comes out, and it's, now it's healed. It's the simplicity of things. He, he tells him to go down to the river, something that he's acquainted with. He said, I want you to take the, the water out, and I want you to pour it out. It's going to turn into blood. And it's sometimes it's the, it's the simple thing that you possess that God is going to use to make to do miraculous things. Start thinking about your past and start thinking about how God has done things in your life. And the simplicity of that, God can cause it to become something miraculous if we would just learn to trust in God and then realize that, man, what God has done in my life is prepared me for this moment right here. And it's not something profound. It's just not something deep. It's not something that, that, is, that is way out there. It's something that's simple. God will take this and He'll magnify it. I never knew that one day that I would be on on television. I'd have a television ministry. But I did know when I went to college, I said to myself, "I'm going to take these this communications and drama classes because this is something I, I never knew I'd be using it to preach." Can I have an amen? I never it never crossed my mind. One day I'm going to be a preacher and then I'm going to do this and I'm going But God takes. All that stuff that's being forged in you is being forged in you right now. Your life experiences. And that's what God is using to process you and to prepare you. What you're, and, and everything in your past. He uses it. He grabs a hold of it. And he takes some of it. And he says, I'm gonna, this was necessary. So that I can help them to get to a position where I can use them mightily for my glory. In whatever way that I choose to do it. But the question is what is what what do I have in my hand already that God can use? What do I have in my in my background that God can use? What do I have in my journey that God can use? What do I have in God's process in my life that God can use? What is it in my life that God can use? What is that in my hand? What is in my hand that God can use for His glory and get the glory at it? And has He used that to process and prepare me? Moses is on the backside of the desert. He has this stick. He doesn't have a million dollars, he doesn't have a huge building, he doesn't have profound education. Because by this time he's stuttering and, he's, and he's, he's going through this whole detoxification from Israel. He doesn't have all this stuff. He doesn't have the greatest family. He's not the richest on the block. He doesn't have all the connections. He doesn't have all the, all the people. He doesn't have, all he has is this stick. And he comes before the living God who has everything that he needs. And it's God that makes the difference in his life. It's not his his his, his dress. It's not his his outfits. It's not all of his it's not his cars and his house and his stuff. He just got a stick. God says, "What is this in your hand?" What is this in your hand? Whatever you have is what you need. And God will use that. To glorify himself if we go through the process and allow God to continue to, to, to process us and listen, saints, and appreciate what God has placed in your hand. But the church, we've come, we've, we've got to a place where we're always looking for something instead of looking at what we have and saying, God, use this for your glory. And I may not be the smartest, and I may not have the best degrees, and I may not be the smartest on my job, and I may not have this, and I may have bad parents, and I may have bad kids, and I may have bad spouse, and I may have, I may have been some, I've had a couple divorces, and I, and I've been through some things that's kind of rough, and I just, sometimes I don't know how to make it, and I just, I got to this place, and I, you know what, pastor, I killed a man, and I killed two men, and I've been through some things, and, and here I am right now, but what do I have, what do you have in your hand God will take that and when his super gets upon that natural God will use that to be an example and bear witness of his glory and the fact that despite it all God is still with you and that he is on your side and that he will use you for his glory can I have an amen in this place it's one of the most dangerous things is when we stop testifying of what God has placed in our hand or what we've been through and how we've been through. We get so, so saved that we don't want to bring up anything we ever did bad in our lives when we're trying to minister to people and they just want to know what do you have in your hand that God has turned around for his glory so that you can go to the next level. We got to learn to testify of this. No, I haven't always been saved and I haven't always lived right. But God, if God could take a murderer like Moses, detox him in the backside of the, of the desert, and then turn around and then use him to bring deliverance to somebody that, that he desired to do it, but he just was doing it in the wrong time, that God can use that person and use them just fine. God can use your failed marriage to testify on how to bring somebody else out when, you, when they go through a tough situation. God can use you having a baby at a wedlock. It's not God's purpose and plan for your life if it happened. But don't make, act like it didn't happen. Say it happened, but God, he changed my life around and told me how to do it and helped me raise these kids all by myself. And I did it by the power of God. And if God can do it for me, God can do it for you. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? And, 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 and this is the thing when you look at it. Moses had the rod because he had failed. But we got to learn in our lives that if we're going to fail, that we fail forward. Understand what I'm saying. I'm not condoning sin. I'm just saying that if I fall down, if I fall down, I know how, I know God has the power to get me up, cleanse me up, and continue to thrust me into his purpose in my life. We don't condone sin in this church. Y'all know that. We've been preaching against sin since day one. But don't let the devil beat you up to, to get you to think that now you find yourself in a desert. That God still don't have a plan and that God still can, he can jettison you into what he's desiring for your life. And this is what we got to get to. We got to get to this place where, yes, I got this stick in my hand. But God said, now throw it down. And I'm going to put my super on this natural and I'm going to continue to thrust you off into purpose because, listen, saints, it's bigger than you. Amen. What's happening with Israel in this moment goes far beyond Moses. God made this promise to Abraham hundreds of years before, before he came on the scene. God had already purposed what he was going to do with, with Israel. And when the, the Kairos moment came, Moses came on the scene at the right time. Why? Because God has purpose for everybody. And for us as the saints of God, we've got to bear down and look at ourselves and, and say, God, what is it that you have in my hand, in my experience right now that I can use to glorify you? Even if there's pain associated with it. Even if there's heartache associated with it. Even if there's things that don't, it's not going to make look good on my resume. But it's necessary. Is that what you were doing and you have done in my life? God, what is it that you can use to help somebody else and to bring deliverance? And so Moses, he just simply, God says to Moses, what is that in your He said, I, I just got a rod. He says, a rod. And the rod was enough. Can I have an amen? Now look at this. Let's go to to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel 17. Now watch this. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 46 on down to 54. The nation of Israel is in a battle with the Philistines. And in the midst of this. There is a prize champion by the name of Goliath that the children of Israel and their mighty men are afraid of. David comes on the scene. A young man who God has has his hand on and who God has purposed to use for his glory. David comes on the scene and he goes before the people of God and basically says that he wants to fight Goliath. He wants to challenge him. His loyalty for God has got the best of him, and now it's pushed him over the edge, and he wants to take on the prize champion. At first, they give him, they give him, um, they give him a, a, a sword, and they give him that which was customary for those that are going to battle. David puts them on, and he says, "I don't like this. This is uncomfortable to me." And then he begins to testify, "When I was in the wilderness," he said. I fought a lion and I fought a bear. And he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that's here to defy the armies of the living God? He knew what was comfortable to him. He knew what God had placed in his hands. And we, put, we pick up this story here in verse 46. It says, this day the Lord will deliver you. He's speaking to the Philistine. He says, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. Then David put his what? He took, he took his hand. He put his hand. He, what is in your hand? Then David put his hand in his bag and he took out a stone. And he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead. And he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Look at your neighbor and tell him what is in your hand. Now, I want to say this again. Because just like Moses, David was prepared for this moment. He was processed for this moment. The hand of God was on him for this moment.
1: And you're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening, and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925-292-7800. Or write to us, times of refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive. Livermore, California, the zip code is 94551. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, thewellchurch.net. Or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And we're praying and standing on his truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless.